Hi everyone, my name is Sabre Papoli and I'm the owner and founder of Hoofalls and Footfalls. And today we are going to be interviewing a fellow professional equestrian um, that's not only kind of involved in the equine assisted activities and therapies industry, but also in more of the traditional mainstream equine industry. And I'll let um, Mr. Frankie Lovato tell you more about himself. So welcome and thank you so much for doing this interview. Thank you for having me, Sabra. Uh, pleasure to be here and be a part of this. Um, so anyway, my name's Frankie Lovato. I, I raced professionally under the name Frank Lovato Jr. Um, I rode professionally for 25 years. I was an Eclipse Award-winning jockey. I got, I got a lot done, uh, above average in career. I, it, I, I made it 25 years, which is a long time for the average jockey. Um, wow. But during, during that time is, is uh, is when I sustained a bad injury. And that's, that'll lead into how the Equisizer came to be. Um, but anyway, I, I, uh, I was a professional jockey and I, and I got to see a lot of things and do a lot of things and especially ride a lot of horses. That's awesome. So you said that you were in that for about 25 years, which is a long time. What's kind of average career for a jockey for those that aren't familiar with that? You know, there's, there's really no statistics, but if I was to guess from an evaluation standpoint, it's probably like two or three years. Really? Wow. And that sounds incredible. And, and I always say there's three things that shortens a jockey's career. And, and first is, is you outgrow it. Most, most people aren't meant to be, um, you know, 110 pounds mm -hmm. strong enough to ride a racehorse. Um, and because of the having to maintain the weight, um, that, that, burns you out pretty quick and also is very healthy. So I think that that's one of the main reasons why jockey's careers are so short. Um, the other one would be an in, the injuries that you uh, sustain during your career. Some of mm -hmm. them are ending. I mean, it's just, you're done. There's, there's no getting back to it. And others are, are just discouraging enough to, uh, or with the intimidation of getting hurt again, mm -hmm. um, or the risk of getting hurt again, if it, depending on the injury. Um, I think that that also changes your mind of like a career move. <laughs> mm -hmm. that point. And the other one's just being, um, just being defeated. Uh, and when I say that, that's, that's a very strong word, but jockeys, even the best jockeys lose 90% of the time. Wow. And if you're not, if you're not winning and if you're not, if you don't have the clients and you don't have the good horses, mm -hmm. it basically, you wonder why you do it and it, re it requires every ounce of your energy and your time um your your dedication and you're risking your life and you're going through weight management in most cases um so all those things it becomes discouraging and wow. i think a lot of them just drop out because they just cannot can't make a living um the average jockey makes less than minimum wage uh wow. it's, it's crazy so um there becomes a reality to it and and uh that's why the three things that I mentioned, the main things, um, is, is why I would say that most jockeys don't have a career that goes on as right. mine. Right. And how did you get started as a jockey? My dad was a jockey as okay. well. So, um, and that's where the Frankie came from because I tagged along with him ever since I was three years old uh, uh -huh. to the track, to the barn area, um, around the horses, around the trainers. And, um, my, this is a big secret. My birth name is Sean. <laughs> and nobody would ever remember the name Sean. And they always just called me little Frankie. And, and so I was uh, from ever, forever. I, I was more 
cranky than I ever was Sean. My family still calls me Sean, but I, I, um, I just, I adopted the name and I don't like, the, I actually don't like the name Frank. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Frankie, I mean, Frankie kind of like softens it up a little bit, but um, it's, it's, yeah, it's a little funny story behind it, but. That's really cool. That's neat. So that's awesome. That's really cool. You know, beginning in, in the industry and that, that long of a career. And um, so the reason why I wanted to do the interview with you is I personally want to learn more about kind of your special project, your, your thing that you've created, which is the Equisizer. And I know instructors and centers that are in the equine assisted activities and therapies industry Equisizer might be something that they have personal experience with, but I know for a lot of them, it's kind of just, we've heard about it and what is it and how can we use it? So what is the Equisizer and how did you even come up with this awesome thing that is on the screen behind you? Yes. Um, so the, the, how this all started, mm -hmm. uh, it really goes back to when I was a little kid. I grew up in the suburbs. I didn't have a horse in the backyard. Uh, racetracks are generally around the big cities and my mm -hmm. dad was racing. Um, so although I was around horses, I didn't really have access to them and riding. So from a very young age, I was saddling the couch and the chair. And as I got older, I would try to build things and I would make things. I love to work with wood. Um, so that was kind of like I dabbled in it. But mm -hmm. I left home at a, at a young age. Uh, I was 14 years old to go work on a farm in Ocala, Florida, um, to learn the skills to be a jockey, which requires a lot of horses and a lot of work. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to be licensed by the, professionally by the time I was 16, wow. which, so this was the late 70s. It was pretty normal for, for kids to get started um, at that age, um, at 16. And, uh, and then you also had to worry about outgrowing the job. So mm -hmm. you're not fully at 16. It was a race to kind of get some, get some riding in and make sure you didn't, by the time you weren't 19, you weren't six foot two and, and 190 pounds. Right. Anyway, that goes back to how the Equisizer was started. I had in my head, I used to build things. And then um, as, as you're starting to develop and, and learn the riding uh, uh, techniques that you need for riding racehorses, it's generally just slow exercises. You're, you're a very controlled rides. You're not racing. So uh, most all the training that you're doing is not, you're not learning the skills of race riding. So I used to saddle uh, bales of straw and pretend that they were, I mean, like I would put a saddle on them and I can do the riding and, and practice my whipping and, and, and uh, mm -hmm. hand reins. All that stuff is very, like, it, people don't realize there's so much athleticism that goes into doing that and mm -hmm. and skill. So um, it was bales of straw, bales of hay, whatever I can get my hands on mm -hmm. or make something <laughs> enough to give me something. Um, but it just goes to show you the void of like the ground and then the horse and there's nothing in between. And I always had a lot of frustration with that. Mm -hmm. uh, so I started my racing career, um, just, you know, bales of straw, bales of hay, um, not the equisizer. Uh, and I was into my career after my, I was into my second year mm -hmm. and that's when I sustained a pretty bad accident. Um, badly fractured left leg and it was down by my knee joint. And uh, the doctor, when you're a jockey, like the first thing you, you hit the ground, you're like, when can I ride again? You know, that's right. kind of yeah. the mentality you have. And, and so I remember I just came out of surgery and, and the, 
the doctor came up to talk to me and I was somewhat coherent. And of course, that's the first thing I say, when, am I, when can I write? And he, he looked at me, he says, he says, well, he says, it's not when, it's going to be if. And that just, poof, you know, my, my whole, just my whole life, my whole, everything that I've worked for just kind of um, was, was in question at that time. Yeah. And so um, I had to have a couple of more surgeries. I am recovering. I get scheduled to go to rehab. I'm still on crutches. Um, there, there's some things that I could do, some things I couldn't do. But you, when you walk into a rehabilitation center, mm-hmm. now imagine, imagine you are uh, you are a cyclist and you walk into a rehabilitation. Bam! There's a their next size bike. You know, right. if, if you do, if you play basketball, there might be somewhere you play basketball. If you're a tennis player, you can hit a ball up against the wall. I mean, there's something that bridges the, the from the ground to, you know, your whatever your goals are. And in this case, horse riders, there's nothing. Yeah. And it's a big hole. And um, huh. of course, I wasn't happy with that. Right. And uh, I was frustrated. And, um, and so I, I, I knew this guy that was pretty handy. I was pretty handy. And um, I drew something on a piece of paper. And I said, can you help me make this? And, and, and that's what we did. We, we went through, we found piles of junk wood. Mm-hmm. We found rings we um and i just kept saying i needed to do this i needed to do this and uh, though i was still i couldn't walk yet uh, um i was just barely walking on crutches at the time um i was able to say you know here here and and because i knew what i wanted i knew like i need i need a horse mm-hmm. right <laughs> so um that was the birth of the very first wooden horse which i didn't call the equisizer at the time um it was my wooden horse okay so the rehabilitation process went from very discouraging, very limited, not knowing, you know, hearing my doctor's voice saying it's not, you know, when it's if mm-hmm. uh, I needed to answer that question. And my knee was where the fracture was and the, the hardware they put in my leg, mm-hmm. the knee completely locked. So I had, um, I don't know the degrees, I don't remember, but it, it wasn't quite a 90 degree. Uh, I don't think it was, I could do about that much when I got out of the hospital and I had to keep working it and working it and, and get it to a point where if I could ever even get in the jockey position again, wow. um, it was questionable. And, um, but when I got my wooden horse and I got a saddle on this guy, um, I was still on crutches, but I could ride my horse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not something anybody can say, you know, it, your doctor cannot let you get on a horse until you're hundred percent. I was probably 30% and I could get on my wooden horse. That doesn't, you know, I don't get disqualified for that. Um, But what I found was I was able to uh, start riding very slow, just mimicking what I would do on a horse. And I was able to work on my knee and, um, and I was able to measure. I know the doctor had given me a tool to try to measure the degrees I get and I keep reporting and if mm-hmm. I get a degree here and there. Um, in this case, I, I didn't have to use that thing. I used the holes in my stirrups. Yeah. My stirrups. So I could just raise it up a hole when I was getting better. Yeah. And I'd like, oh, it hurt, but, but then I could start riding. And then when it stopped hurting, I could raise it up another hole. And it gave me a really good idea how better I was getting. Yeah. And, um, also, I had dealt with a lot of muscle atrophy uh, from the surgeries. And, um, 
and I learned that riding my, my, my wooden horse, things were coming back. My muscle tone was coming back in my entire, not just my injured leg, but my upper body as well. That's and, awesome. uh, yeah, so to, to speed up, um, a couple of months go by, the crutches are in the closet now mm-hmm. and I'm starting to be able to where I can do a little more exercising, but I could actually ride races on my, my wooden horse. And, um, and that was building up a lot of fitness. It was building up my lung capacity, my cardio, um, and I was getting fit to ride races. Now, that's the other thing, riding, riding horses, mm-hmm. races. Um, there's so many exercises you can do, but once you get on a horse, yeah. you know, that kind of goes out the window. You're not getting these muscles. You're not reaching those muscles. And in this case, um, I was reaching those muscles. I was getting, I was, I was able to work on those muscles. Mm-hmm. I needed. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the neat part about it to speed up when I went to go see the doctor um, for my last appointment, first, he couldn't believe how good I looked uh-huh. and and um and he gave me the permission to start riding horses again and I teased him I said well I've been riding for like four months already <laughs> he didn't understand I said well I'll, I'll explain it and, then right. my horse. <laughs> and he, says, he was like wow this is really incredible what you're able to do once I got the okay from the doctor the very next day I had my helmet on and was uh-huh. and now I was at the racetrack getting on racehorses Wow. Two days later, I was riding races. Wow. So people were, their mind was blown. Generally, jockey comes off an injury, especially something like mine. There's a process, could be two or three weeks. Right. Are you fit enough yet to start riding races? Um, so everybody was like, how did you do this? Mm-hmm. And that's when my, my little wooden horse uh, came to be officially to the world. <laughs> um, so that's how, that's how it began uh-huh as the the very page chapter one for yeah. example um but then other jockeys started coming to me and uh not only the other jockeys but the best jockeys in the world the mo- the biggest names and they wanted one for their home they wanted one in their living room yeah and and that's where um well not only does it have to be functional but if it's going to sit in their living room i don't want it to be hideous either <laughs> <laughs> right. So that's why the equisizer kind of looks like furniture and it still does to this day. Yeah. Most people, besides you see all these, these programs, they'll use it in their barns and stuff, which is fine. But you have the option if you wanted to roll it into your living room, it's yeah. That's uh, awesome. And so how do you, how do you make the equisizers then? So how do you make them, you know, where, where it could be in the barn or it could be in your living room. So what's the process? Well, okay. So, a lot, of, a lot of things, I'm glad you're giving me this opportunity because most people don't understand. Um, it is made like furniture, uh-huh. but not any furniture because a couch would not hold up to what the equisizer has to endure, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the equisizer is built with overkill. Everything to, to be able to hold weight, to be able to hold stress, um, to be able to deal with elements, which is hot or cold, uh, humidity, um, things like that. So it's built with with all those things in mind, mm-hmm. and then it's covered. It's it's padded and covered in a marine grade carpet. Oh wow! Carpet that's meant to be actually out in the ocean somewhere, or, mm-hmm. or you know, in a lake with sun beating down on it for years and years and years. And and uh, 
And so it's, it's covered in that material. So that, ex that explains a little bit of about um, how it's made and what it's made with. Mm -hmm. um, but then there is the, the craftsmanship. Um, if you're going to do it, do it right. You know, right. and if you, and, and you want it to, if it's going to be in somebody's living room, which in, in most of my customers, it's going to be in their living room mm -hmm. uh, or gym or den. Um, and you just want it to be pleasant looking. Um, so the thing is, is, so I'm still, I'm still a small company. I'm still a small business and I haven't found anybody crazy enough to make these things entirely with me yet. <laughs> it goes and fall, but they're not popped out of a mold. Um, they're, they're not wired. They're not, they don't have a sophisticated system. They're mm -hmm. meant to be organic. They're meant to be simple. They're meant to, to just be very, very, um, simple you never have to plug them in you don't have to, there's no maintenance you just use them you just ride them rather than a couch or a bale of hay or a barrel this is something that bridges that gap from the real thing uh, than what you when what was zero before mm -hmm. on the exercise that's so, awesome king process so with the horses um because i see a couple behind you do you kind of have a standard build of the horse or are you able to customize you know the width of whether it's a little bit more of, of a you know well-rounded horse or a little bit more narrow or is it kind of a a standard width for that so the, so a little bit a little bit of both it's 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 a standard and um because you never know especially what i've learned i thought about all these ideas making different models different different mm -hmm. there's and, and fit different saddles and there's an easy solution rather than trying to have um, all these different things that would really slow me down in, in building the horses is just put an extra pad on it, for example. Um, uh, people talked about putting a heating system, or he something to help where they feel the warmth of the yeah. animal. And, and believe it or not, I mean, you could use an electric blanket rather than, you know, spend all the money for me to wire this, mm -hmm. this thing. Um, or you'll be surprised how just even riding it bareback, mm -hmm. the that it's, you start feeling automatically uh, from your own body. Mm -hmm. It's really, it, it, all these things just, all these things that were, that seem like, well, it, it complicates it for one thing. And, mm -hmm. and there was just a very simple solution that would, that, and, and then if you're, if you're using for several different riders, you may not want this for one rider, you may not mm -hmm. want this. Right. It's just an easy solution. Hey, if you want to, if you want to like a, a draft horse, uh, you know, throw an extra pad around it. Mm -hmm. and, and that fattens it up, fattens the barrel up right. really quickly and two seconds. And, and then you could take it off and, and uh, for the next rider that might be extra tight that, that, that would not suit them. Yeah. So with the Equisizer, um, I know you mentioned that there are, you know, jockeys worldwide that are using this. There's been some use in the equine assisted activities and therapies industry. What other ways has the Equisizer been used both in the equine industry and out of the equine industry? Well, um, it, it's, I never know who's going to order an Equisizer. Um, so we've had from, from Western, all disciplines of English and Western, dressage, polo, um, vaulting, um, movies, museums, um, television shows, somebody that's looking for that, what, you know, <laughs> what can we use for this? And, right. and, and equisizers kind of fill in the gap for them as well. Um, but
but in popularity wise, I would say um, some some writers that um, if if it's for themselves, it's it's to because they're dealing with something mm-hmm. and can't get on their horse yet, but yet they had the same issue that I had. There's nothing from the ground to the horse, mm-hmm. and this bridge, and this was the bridge for them. Whether it was just getting where they could mount again, um, but then getting on and then working on their core muscles, um, working on their flexibility, their their rhythm, their seats, their hands, mm-hmm. uh, and and so that's a so that that group is a, that's a big. Uh, area of, of the market, the people that, that order the equisizers. Um, but then we'll get instructors. We'll get them. This will be the school horse for the barn. Um, they have to deal with a lot of students. Mm-hmm. Horses just are getting, you know, they're, it, it just is not pretty, right? You, your poor horses are getting yanked on and pulled on and, and riders are falling off when they shouldn't be. And so the equisizer is a great way to put them on there get them to understand what their seat is, what their hands are supposed to do, um, their alignment, their position. Um, and, and then like, let them figure it out on something that can make all the mistakes they want on. Yeah. And then they're the real horse. And then you could pull them off the real horse and say, this is what you keep doing wrong. Mm-hmm. And on the equisizer. And, and again, it's very simple. It's not, it's not, um, it's not wired up where it's going to be giving you rider analysis uh, of, of all these things, but it's organic. So the equisizer mimics what the rider is doing. If the rider has got a busy seat, the equisizer is going to be bad. <laughs> okay. And it's also great to teach a rider how to slow their body down, how to use their, their, their soften their back, uh-huh. how to pull and brace on the reins, how to, how to feed the, the reins to the horse, especially in the canter. Um, where a lot of riders tend to loose tight, loose tight, mm-hmm. with bracing on the horse's face every time that three, that, that, that foot fall, whatever that is, you, you would probably know what I mean. But yeah, so that you're feeding your horse and, 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 not, and not bracing on the reins, um, maintaining your position, moving your hips properly. Uh, the equisizer is a, a great way for instructors to be able to teach that stuff. That's really, so it's a very, it, it can tattletale on that hot seat that sometimes we're quickly to blame the horse for when it really could be. I, I had two, two amazing, they, they're, they're, they're clinicians in, in, the, in the Western English world. Mm-hmm. And one of them said, this horse is, is a tattletale. <laughs> because if you're doing it wrong, it won't move right. It shows you what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And and the other one called it a lie detector. So <laughs> I love that. So, yeah. You know, this, this is a lie detector. Yeah, that's awesome. And it's not a, oh, no, this, you know, this horse, it's, it's the horse. Well, it's an inanimate object that's reacting exactly to you. So there's no, yeah. oh, it's the horse's fault. <laughs> right, right. That's really fun. Um, so there were a couple people that had heard that uh, we were going to be doing this interview, and someone had submitted the question to you. Um, and they're from the equine assisted activities and therapies industry. And they were wondering, are there any like sort of training um, handouts or training videos for how the equisizer can be used as um, kind of like a modality or like lesson examples in adaptive riding or even in more of the, the PTOT incorporating hippotherapy? Yeah, this is something um, 
it, it's, it's not the first time this was asked and it's something that I have been, it's been a work in progress. Um, it, it's it, right at this moment, I've, I'm working with this other, this, um, this other woman, she, she is a, uh, she's past certified instructor, but, I, and she's been like helping me here and there because she just loves the exercise that they have in their program and they use it for not only um, their, their the therapeutic writing, but all their hypotherapy side. Mm -hmm. So they have instructors using it and they have their therapists using it. Um, anyway, she asked, um, she said, you know, you should come up with the 50 top ways to use the equisizer. Mm -hmm. Now I, I would love that. She, and she wrote it out for me. Like she just came up, popped off like 50 ways that you can use your equisizer because I know that a lot of times when someone does get it, you look at it and you're like, well, what does it do? Yeah. And, and how do I use it? And I, and I do understand that. Um, I can, I can do it and I've done it in horse racing. Um, it's a tool. Uh, how to use it. I kind of like think of it like it's a hammer. You could look at a hammer. What do you, what's it, you, know, you hit things with it, but you could do a lot more things with a hammer. Um, so most people have been figuring this out all on their own. When they get their equisizer, they may have thought, I'm going to use it for these students. I got a couple in mind that need this, this, and this. Mm -hmm. um, when they get it, they realize, hey, you know who else could really use this and we mm -hmm. can use it work on his core or stretch him before we mount or um, make sure that he's not going to be a jumper. <laughs> um, you know, like you, you, you can use this thing. The more you get it and, and you think about it, it's just a tool in your toolbox. But going back to the initial part of your question, I, I am working on things that will help um, kind of bullet point mm -hmm. ideas you didn't think of maybe you're thinking about getting this for your program um that would help you mm -hmm. uh, and if if you're the instructor and you want this for your program how do you sell it to your board members right uh, so this type of information uh, i'm i'm trying to get gathered together um and i hope to have some things um within within the year that will right. help everybody help the whole process yeah that's awesome yeah i've heard um i I've seen a couple in person. Um, I've never got to use one directly when I was working at a large center, but I've heard that instructors use them for like the intake assessments, like you said, you know, to, to see if the kid's gonna, you know, be a jumper or a runner or, you know, can they mount? Um, but, you know, building those, those fundamental skills that can really, you know, in my mind as an instructor that really promotes equine welfare and partnering with our equine coworkers of, you know, kind of softening that initial um, gap between a non-educated rider and one that's starting to build the skills. So that's, you know, tons of different ways for it to be used. Um, I had a question in my mind and it just went blank. <laughs> but, uh, oh, the weight limit. What, what's the weight limit of the, the equisizer? So Noah, that's a, that's a great question. It's never been officially tested. Like I don't have a machine that will crush one to see mm -hmm. what it would bear. Um, but I've seen, and I've, I, for myself, I've seen up to, I shouldn't say this, probably a thousand pounds okay. of like people climbing on it. We had a whole vaulting team on this thing. Wow. They, they, I don't know how they did. They managed and just for a photograph, but, um, but I've seen many programs and it easily can handle riding tandem, um, or even, even three adults riding it. Mm -hmm. Seen, I've seen videos with programs 
that are, depending on the, the situation, that they had, um, they had two, two uh, I, I don't know if they were uh, instructors or, or therapists, but they were riding with an adult rider, mm-hmm. front facing, and one was on the back behind. And, um, and uh, so I've seen it bear a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. It really can handle tandem. And, and a lot of programs will use it for that, for those who may not be able to, um, to hold themselves up yet um, and, and ride along inside them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I, so safely I'd say 500 pounds. Great. So this could be a really good solution then for instructors or programs that are maybe looking for an equine related activity for someone who might be outside of the weight limit of the current horses that they have. Absolutely. A little bit of background is Mm -hmm. my late wife, you know, rest her soul. We founded our own program here in our town and she was certified, PATH certified instructor. we, she had a girl she went to school with. She had MS. She was way too big for the program mm-hmm. to ride together in, in, at the fair. Um, she, it means Sandy wanted to get her on a horse, but we know we could not. <laughs> it was just against all the path regulations and stuff, mm-hmm. but we could put her on the equisizer. And, um, and, and with time, um, we were able to, she was able to build up enough strength that we actually got her on a horse. Um, and it was, it was wonderful. It was, tears were everywhere, but um, because, because of the equisizer. Um, but, but there's also, we've had some others that um, we had, we had a, a, an older gentleman that didn't want to ride real horse. He loved being at the barn, mm-hmm. ride the equisizer, and he, he was recovering from a stroke. And so one of our other um, instructors worked with him um, on the equisizer only, and that, and he got to watch the as the other students were riding. Um, the equisizer was positioned that he could sit there and he could ride, and they could they could do their routine, mm-hmm. working strengthening his his weaker sides and getting some circulation going. And 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 he was very satisfied with just doing that. Mm-hmm. A lot of, a lot of programs we have uh, riders that may have allergies or may not. Mm-hmm. Maybe we didn't have enough. Uh, and an opening for that rider. Mm-hmm. But we had a little side thing with the equisizer that they can brush it, groom it, and participate. Um, stuff like that. Yeah. So, solutions. That's really neat. That, that, yeah, definitely problem solving and, and can really help uh, instructors and centers offer some alternative things. Absolutely. So uh, kind of on a a side thing, because I, whenever I, I talk to other instructors or other you know, professionals in the equine industry, I always like hearing, you know, some personal things. And I know you already shared some of your story um, of, of how you came to be a jockey and in the industry and how the Equisizer came about. But if you could pass on one piece of advice to a professional, you know, say an instructor in the equine assisted activities and therapies industry, what would that advice be i think what what i've seen is you you have in this industry you have amazing people and and they get into this because their hearts bring it into it it's not they're not in this for for money they're not in this for anything but they want to help and that's what my wife used to say she'd say i just want to help kids i want to help these kids and um and these people with disabilities and uh and sometimes when the noise just got to be more than what you were there for, 
um, mm. I have a lot of respect and, and I know it goes into this. Um, my, my advice is that you just stay true and, and, and be open-minded. And, and if, if you see like, uh, like one thing with the equisizer, um, it's a tool, it's a tool. And that's what, that's what I've heard. It's a tool in your toolbox. And, um, always you could be open-minded and it's not for everybody. The equisizer is not for everybody. Not every tool is going to work for everybody. Mm -hmm. um, you can hear my pony winning background. <laughs> He's hungry again. Um, but, but always just be open-minded and, and, and stay true to yourself and why you're doing this. And, and, uh, and the smiles will come. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so if people want to learn more about Equisizer, uh, what should they do? So I know you have kind of a YouTube channel going and your website. So can you tell us what we can learn sure. from those? So um, our website is our main source of, of gaining more information. Um, and uh, there's an online store that you can do some pricing. There's some other accessories uh, that we offer at this time. Um, and inside there, it, there's a lot of buttons to push. So depending on what you're looking for, that's kind of the thing about the equisizers is it's so vast and, and it gets back to the booklets. Like mm -hmm. if, if you had to write a booklet for how everybody uses this, I would have booklets for like so many things. Um, and so just, you know, don't get frustrated. Just look what you're, find what you're looking for and the information will, will be there and, and never hesitate to not, I mean, reach out to me. I'm, I'm accessible. I want to be there. I want to be able to help people decide if this is going to help them, their program or their mm -hmm. personal use. Um, I want to provide them with as much information as I can. And I always say with the Equisizer, I reason why we have like a hundred percent satisfaction rate is because I don't just sell Equisizers. I make them for people that want them. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, if you're not even sure you want them, I don't even want to sell it to you. Mm -hmm. I, I, I can build horses till the cows come in. So <laughs> I've got, I've got orders. Um, I just, I want people to know what they're getting and that they're happy with it. Um, so I never want to try to just sell something. Um, but the Equisizer website, equisizer.com. Mm -hmm. um, we are on Facebook. I know Equisizer is a little tricky to spell. <laughs> Long story to that, but um, the spelling of it is E-Q-U-I-C-I-Z. E R, and so you can exercise equisizer.com or we're on Facebook. We actually have a group um, that I'm building, and it's got it's got some great members in it, they're, and they're actually from um, uh, therapeutic riding programs from around the world. So we've got some programs that are members from Australia, from Hong Kong, from Europe, um, and all the U.S. and Canada uh, that use the equisizer. It's a Facebook group. Um, mm -hmm. It's Equisizer Therapy. Okay, that's great. In the, so this interview will be going out on, uh, on my Facebook and, and YouTube and podcast, and I will link um, the group that you're talking about and your website so that people can find it um, and join in and, and kind of see what is, you know, how the Equisizer is being used and get ideas or, you know, see if it's a good uh, tool to add to their toolbox. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So is that, um, and the horses in the back, so you can customize the horses, right? To look like a, a horse. Yeah. So I will get, um, I make two models. One is the functional. I mean, it's still very attractive. 
Um, it's, it's cheaper, mm-hmm. but it's made cheaper. It's made to do everything the same. It feels the same, moves the same. Um, it just does not have all the details. So one thing that people don't realize, one part of manufacturing the equisizer is I actually hand carve the heads and faces. And it's, it, this whole thing is handmade. So um, again, nothing pops out of the machine. Uh, mm-hmm. the, this is all hand done. So we make another model that's called the elite model that people, I just made a, one for a program that's, um, that's made after their beloved mare that they used in their program for years and they had to mm-hmm. put her down. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they ordered the elite and they send me photographs and, and I do my best mm-hmm. um, to get that horse for them. And then we get a personal brass nameplate that engraved nameplate that would say like, um, you know, whatever this, this one just happened to be a trigger girl that uh, don't, you know, thanks to such and such friends of, of our, of our program. Mm-hmm. And, and so we can do, we can do that stuff. And, and that, that's actually fun. For that's me. really neat. So you could literally have your horse in your house, so to speak. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that's, Absolutely. That's really cool. Well, um, thank you again so much for doing this interview and it's been really fun to learn more about you and learn about the Equisizer that is such a, um, you know, a, a known name in the industry and to you know, learn more about it and put a, a person to the really awesome product that you're mm-hmm. delivering. So thank you again and um, hopefully our paths cross uh, in person in the future. And be- I'm, sure, I'm sure they will. Yes, sure absolutely. They will. So thanks again and uh, have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you. I really appreciate this. Thank you, Sarah.